Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and follow your soul calling with crystals. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we'll be exploring the winter solstice, and I'll be sharing one of my favorite methods for creating a seasonal nature altar for you all with your crystals, of course. But before we get started, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. Remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com slash ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. And I'll tell you, I'm getting a little low on my bank of questions. So if you would like to submit a question, you have a pretty good shot at getting your question answered here uh, in the next couple episodes. So again, head over to loveandlightschool.com slash ask to submit your question. Today's question comes from Kara G. And Kara asks, When using a massage table, is it just as effective if the client is face down? So most of the time when we see pictures of crystal healing happening between a client and practitioner or we see some sort of demonstration video, the client is usually lying on their back with their face and chest and belly facing upward. So Kara is asking, what if the client is face down? Because a lot of massage tables are actually made to go face down where the client is lying on their belly with their head in one of those little circular headrests. So Kara is asking, is it just as effective? Definitely it's just as effective, Kara, um, but I would say there are times where we want the client face up and we want to be working on the front side of the body. And there are times where we want the client face down so we can work on the back side of the body. And this depends on a few things. So one of the places where I think this is personally most important is if we are doing crystal healing work to energetically support the internal organs. So if we're looking, again, not at the physical, but at the energetic underlying issues that are going on with the client, and we're working with crystals energetically to support those organs, then there are some organs that work better placing crystals on the front side of the body and others where it's more beneficial to place them on the back side of the body. For example, if you were working with the client's lungs or heart, you'd probably want to place the crystals on the front side of the body. But if you were working with something like their kidneys, you may want to work on the back side of the body. So in that case, the client would be face down on the massage table so that their back was facing up and easier to access for placing the crystals. But these are just suggestions and there are no rights or wrongs when it comes to doing crystal work. A lot of what we do really is dependent upon the client and their comfort level as well. 
So if you have a client that is uncomfortable lying on their back, then of course they can go face down into the massage table and that's totally fine. It will be just as effective because remember, we're directing energy in any kind of energy work, not just crystal healing, through our intention. And so it's really important to have that focus and intention while we're doing this work. And making accommodation for our clients is really important. We need to make sure that our clients feel as comfortable and as safe as possible so that they can fully relax into the session. I also had a fantastic crystal healing teacher, one of my very first crystal teachers, and she was a founding instructor of Melody's methodology of healing, the love is in the earth methodology. And she taught us in that very first class that I took, um, I think it was in spring of 2007, when we work on the front side of the body, we're addressing issues that stem from the present. So things that are going on in the client's life right now. And this would also be true if you were doing this work for yourself. So anything that's an issue that's right now, it's a recent occurrence, it's something that's just started, we work on the front of the body. But if it's something that really stems from the past, and this could be, you know, from earlier on in this lifetime, it could also potentially be from a past lifetime, then we might want to consider working on the back of the body because the back side of the body is related to the past and the front side is related to the present. And that's something that's always kind of stuck out to me and that I've always remembered especially if you're doing like a scan of someone's energy body, of their aura, and just seeing what you notice, it's a good indicator that if you say feel some stagnant energy on the backside of the body, that it could be related to a past issue rather than something that's happening right now. And although it may still be affecting the present, the root is kind of coming from the past. So I hope that helps answer your question. I really appreciate the thoughtful question, Kara, and um, I hope this gives you some insight as you are working with clients. And again, if you don't work with clients and you just do crystal healing for yourself, you can absolutely apply this to the work that you're doing for your own personal healing as well. When it comes to crystal layouts for the self, it's often easier to use like a distance healing style method where you're using some type of representation of yourself, like a photo or image um, or illustration, something like that. That's kind of a stand-in for you. It's representative of you. And you can place the crystals on that representation rather than trying to place them on your own body for a layout because that gets a little bit more challenging. Which is often why for, you know, our own personal healing work when it comes to crystals, it seems like we tend to turn to things like meditation with crystals or creating crystal grids to facilitate that change. But layouts can be really useful and effective for supporting our healing journey. And if you have trouble placing those crystals on the physical body, then definitely go ahead and use that stand-in, use that representation of you as well. And you can do this for, again, the front or the back side of the body just as easily with this like adapted distance healing method for the self, just like you can with an in-person hands-on layout. So Kara, thank you again so much for your question. And remember, if you have a question that you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or anything else you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. 
Discover how you can deepen your spiritual journey and follow your soul calling with crystals. The Love and Light School's award-winning crystal healing certification program opens soon. Go to crystalhealerschool.com. Now it's time to dive into our main topic for today. We are discussing crystals for the winter solstice, and I'll also be sharing how you can create a seasonal nature altar for Yule. So one way that I really enjoy connecting with the seasons and the cycles of the earth is by turning to the wheel of the year, because it helps me kind of tune into the earth's natural cycles and internalize these outward changes in nature as reflections of the changes that may be happening in my own body, in my own life. So the wheel of the year is separated into eight main holidays, which can be further subdivided into two groups. There are the four solar holidays, which are known as the quarter days, and these stem from Anglo-Saxon cultural observations of the solstices and equinoxes, but The solstices and equinoxes have been observed by many people from many cultures across the globe. So although the modern day version of the Wheel of the Year was developed in the late 1950s as a part of Wicca, many modern day earth-based spiritual practitioners use the Wheel of the Year as a rough framework for recognizing these seasonal markers even if they don't practice Wicca. I personally don't practice Wicca, but I do find the Wheel of the Year to be such a helpful way to think about the passage of time and what's happening each time of year. So if you have your own important cultural observations of the equinoxes and the solstices, again, sometimes called the quarter days, then by all means incorporate those into your practice. Now, the other four holidays in the Wheel of the Year come from the Gaelic agrarian seasonal celebrations, which are the midpoints between those solar holidays. And these are known as the lunar cross-quarter days, or sometimes just called the fire festivals. So for the quarter days, we have the spring equinox, the summer solstice, the fall or autumn equinox, and the winter solstice. And for the cross-quarter days, we have Imbolc, Beltane, Lunasa, and Samhain. So with this current turning of the wheel, we'll be approaching the winter solstice, also called Yule, and that's here in the northern hemisphere. If you live in the southern hemisphere, you'll be celebrating the festival of the summer solstice, sometimes called Litha, instead of Yule, to keep with the seasonal cycles. So the winter solstice is the last of the annual quarter days or solar festivals, and it marks the second of the winter holidays. It's the midpoint between Samhain and Imbolc. Yule, or the winter solstice, is traditionally celebrated on the shortest day of the year, which is determined by when the Earth's poles at its maximum tilt away from the sun. So this date can range anywhere from December 20th through 23rd in the northern hemisphere, or between June 20th and 22nd in the Southern Hemisphere. From this point forward, the days will start growing longer until we reach the time of equal day and night at the spring equinox, which is sometimes called Ostara. And that'll be followed by the longest day of the year at the summer solstice, sometimes called Litha. The winter solstice is one of my favorite times of year, and it's the perfect time for celebrating hope, 
generosity, rebirth, introspection, and the return of the sun. It's also known as, or related to, Yule, Midwinter, Yuletide, Saturnalia, Yulefest, and Christmas. Some of my favorite crystals for the winter solstice include garnet, ruby, emerald, tree agate, scolocyte, unikite, bloodstone, red jasper, bronzite, clear quartz, selenite, angelite, and moss agate. I know that was quite a list and I went through them pretty quickly, but the good news is if you want to head over to the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog, there's a really cute little graphic there that you can print out or save to your computer that shows all of the different Yule crystals and it has a fun wintry background. So feel free to paste that in your journal, print it out and keep it on your altar for reference throughout the season. Or a super fun trick is to save it and use it as a desktop or screensaver on your phone so you have a really quick handy reference. Some symbols of winter solstice are eggnog, wassail, deer, evergreen trees, snow, ice, holly and ivy, oak trees and acorns, oranges, pine cones, nuts, cranberry, and herbal tea. Some great herbs for the winter solstice are frankincense and myrrh, mistletoe, rosemary, pine, juniper, cedar, fir, spruce, bayberry, anise, cinnamon, allspice, eucalyptus, ginger, bay leaves, cloves, peppermint, and spearmint. Now when working with herbs, you always want to use caution. Make sure that you aren't allergic to anything that you're handling and especially herbs that you may be ingesting. But not all herbs are safe to ingest. For example, mistletoe is toxic. One way that I like to work with these herbs that's really simple is just to put a small pinch into an offering dish on my altar or in my sacred space. I feel like they really help call in the energy of the season and help me feel so connected to those plants that I'm working with. Traditional winter solstice colors include green, red, silver, gold, white, and blue. These are all colors that we tend to see in nature this time of year. The greens that we have come from beautiful evergreen trees. The reds can come from brilliant cardinals or shiny red holly berries. Silver and gold can be picked up in reflections from candlelight or streetlight. And white and blue can be seen in the snow and ice that so often adorns the landscape this time of year. And I love taking time to go out in nature and observe these colors in their element. So one of my favorite ways to celebrate winter solstice is through the creation of a seasonal nature altar. This practice might even be pretty similar to some of the activities that you already do to decorate your home for the winter holiday season, but we're going to add a special crystal touch to this practice. I love doing this to kind of slow down and tap into the present moment and connect with the stillness of the winter season. So before you get started, ask yourself a few questions to kind of embody the energy of this season. What is the weather like today? This might seem like such a shallow question at first, but there's so much to this that you can think about and explore. What symbolism is there in the weather? Things like sun, snow, ice, clouds, storms, 
all have specific archetypal energies and meanings. You might also consider our connection with the weather in modern day and how this may have differed for your ancestors, whether they're known or unknown to you. You can also think about how this season affects the natural world around you. What changes do you see? And what lessons do those changes have to share with you? And how can you embody those lessons in your day-to-day throughout the season? Nature plays a pivotal role in our grounding and centering practice. So by closely observing the current season and creating a nature altar that embodies this energy, we can better align our mind, body, and spirit to make sure we're present in the here and now. So I want you to get started with this practice by choosing a crystal from your crystal toolkit that you feel really connected to for this practice. Think about one that helps you feel in sync with the energy of stillness and sacred pause of the winter season. If you need some help choosing, definitely consider any of those that I listed that have a correspondence with the winter solstice previously in this episode. Cleanse your crystal, and while you're at it, you may want to take some time to energetically cleanse your energy field as well, and then hold your crystal in your hands, close your eyes, and take a few deep breaths. Feel the energy of the crystal enter through the palms of your hands and just slowly spread throughout your body. Once you feel like it's spread all the way through, down into your fingers, all the way to your tips of your toes and the top of your head... You can set an intention for your crystal to help you be more aware of the beauty of the current season and its lessons all winter long. While keeping your crystal comfortably in your hand or tucked away in your pocket, bundle up and go on a nature walk to collect a few special items for your altar. This is a really magical practice to do, especially while holding the intention to discover the things and energies that you most need to connect with at this time. So think about each item you discover is having special meaning and symbolism for you. Here are some great ideas for things to look out for for your altar, but be open to anything you might find on your nature walk because you truly never know what you'll come across. And just a reminder here to please only take things that you have permission to take from places where you have permission to collect them and be really mindful of any plants or animals in the environment. Don't take more than you need and don't cause any damage to plants or natural areas. While you're on your walk, you might want to look for things like leaves, holly berries, acorns, fallen sticks or twigs, pine cones, pine needles, Depending on where you live, you may have some wildflowers blooming or maybe you have some that are dried. You could look for seeds or nuts, seasonal herbs like mistletoe or cedar, or even seasonal fruits or vegetables like pomegranates, apples, oranges, or winter squash. Again, a lot of this will depend on where you live and the land that you occupy. You may also want to collect a small container of water or even snow from a natural source near you. Gather the items that really catch your eye and stand out as being special and then return home. Once you're there, you can start setting up your altar space, maybe choose a small tabletop or a little corner of your kitchen. Even the top of a bookshelf works fine. Whatever feels best in your space and whatever space you have available, no matter how small. Cover the surface with a cloth if you'd like to. You can even choose one 
that brings in one of the winter solstice colors I mentioned previously, and then start building your altar by placing your crystal, the one that you took on the walk with you, in the center of your altar. So as you place your stone, I want you to hold the intention that this crystal anchors in the energies of the winter solstice and of all the special things that you collected for your altar while you were communing with nature on your walk. Next, you're going to arrange all of the seasonal nature items that you found around the crystal in whatever way feels pleasing to you. You can also add anything else that you'd like, things like candles, more crystals, or other sacred items you have that will help you stay mindful of the blessings of the season. Once you've created your altar, you may even want to pull a few oracle cards or tarot cards or cast some runes to keep on your altar throughout the season. So here are a few ideas of some queries as you practice this special divination for the season. What do I need to let go of as I embrace the winter season? What do I need to do to stay mindful of the blessings of the season each day? And what is a new project I should focus on during winter solstice to increase my energy and stay connected to my intuition. Then spend a few minutes each day at your altar looking at those cards that you've kept on the altar or the runes that you've cast and remind yourself of the beauty of the winter holidays and of the intention that you set with your special crystal. If you want a recap of anything that I discussed, of course, head over to the blog at loveandlightschool.com. But if you want some further information on the winter solstice or Yule, I've also included a great list of books for further reading in that blog post, including Llewellyn's Little Book of Yule by Jason Mankey, Midwinter Folklore by Through the Hagstone, Pagan Christmas by Christian Ratch and Claudia Muller-Ebling, Secrets of the Yuletide Nights, by Jean Ruland, The Mistletoe Moon by Sylvia Dresselhaus, The Old Magic of Christmas by Linda Radish, The Shortest Day by Karen Cater, The Winter Solstice by John Matthews, The Zend Out Guide to Understanding the Wheel of the Year by my dear friend Cassie Yule. And just a side note, Cassie has the most amazing podcast classes and guided meditations over on her website at CassieYule.com. That's C-A-S-S-I-E-U-H-L.com. There's also Yule, A Celebration of Light and Warmth by Dorothy Morrison. Yule, Papercraft for a Magical Solstice by Amy Sasari of The Coloring Book of Shadows. Yule Rituals, Recipes, and Lore for the Winter Solstice, which is part of Llewellyn's Sabbath Essential series, the Yule Rebirth Ritual Book by Yemaya Treehawk, Yuletide Witch's Journal and Workbook by Moon Magic Soul, and the Yuletide Journal by Edith Hagenar. So there are plenty of books to give you more ideas on rituals, recipes, correspondences, and ways to celebrate the season. Do you feel intuitively called to work more deeply with your stones? To grow your confidence, knowledge, and connection to crystal energy beyond what you can learn on your own? Our award-winning Crystal Healing Certification Program will take you from crystal lover to a confident, certified crystal healer and help you discover your soul's path and crystal purpose. Go to crystalhealerschool.com to learn more. 
Well, that is it for our main topic for today. And although I usually spend this next little bit of the show sharing something that I really love with you, this week I just want to say I hope that you have a magical and blessed winter solstice. This is one of my favorite times of year, enjoying the stillness and the quiet along with the warmth and gathering of community and making beautiful memories. So I hope that you will be able to make some beautiful memories of your own this year. So please know that I'm wishing you a very happy solstice and a blessed new year. I hope you found a lot of value in today's show. And if you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com blog. If you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and a review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. This is so, so important, and I am so grateful for each and every review. It really helps other people find the show and tune in, so every rating and review matters. Thank you, thank you, thank you in advance for doing that for me. I am so grateful for you. And if you want to make sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode, head over to loveandlightschool.com slash listen, where you can find all the information about the podcast, including our most popular episodes, most recent episodes, and all of the places this podcast streams online. That brings me to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you next time. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Connect with us online at loveandlightschool.com or on social at loveandlightschool. The content provided on or through our website or podcast makes no claims for specific or general health or health results and should not be used to examine, diagnose, or treat any medical condition, prescribe medications, make claims for specific or general healing or health results, or as a substitute for traditional medical treatment. For medical advice, you should consult a licensed healthcare specialist. For more information, refer to the terms of use on our website at loveandlightschool.com.